can apply to everything we do and I, it should really be a mantra because um, it's really easy for humans to fall into these habitual behaviors that we don't we don't think about why we're doing things are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships generate sales and level up your business from awesome ceos entrepreneurs and founders without listening to a long 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 interview if so you've come to the right place Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Dan Pupias of Range. Dan, it's awesome to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Definitely excited to have you on. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Dan so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Dan is co-founder and CEO of Range. He was a staff software engineer at Google and went on to lead engineer at Medium. He has an MA in industrial design from Sheffield University and a BSc in artificial intelligence from the University of Manchester. In, in the past, in the past lives Dan race snowboards, jumped out of planes and lived in the jungle. Dan, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Yeah, of course. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I was almost there with you. I did the jumping out of the plane, but I didn't live in the jungle yeah. or anything like that. So. Yeah, I um, the skydiving is amazing. I I, I I did it for a few years and did 100 jumps and oh, I miss nice. it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I did one and that was enough for me. So there you go. <laughs> but um, I, so before all that, I wanted to hear a little bit more on how you got started. Could you take us through your CEO story when you get started with all this awesome work you're doing? Yeah, so, so I came over to the States in 2005. I'd been working in the UK and I got um, this really lucky opportunity to work at Google. Um, it really stemmed from an online message forum I was part of in the early 2000s. So re really lucky um, 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 opportunity. And then so I came over in 2005, worked on Gmail for a long time. Google Plus and a bunch of other Google products. Then I left Google in 2012 to join Medium, um, to join Ev and Biz. Um, Ev, both founders of Twitter, and they were looking at like different ways of running the company. They they were looking at the company as a product, then produces products, and they were unhappy with management styles used to say Twitter and Google because as companies get bigger, they get worse. So I got really interested in um, management theory and how we we structure and operate teams. Um, so as we were growing the company, we were using these new management practices. And what I found was I was lacking the tools necessary to, um, to, to, to use those practices and make them effective. And all those practices around distributing authority to the edges of the organization, creating autonomy and agency, um, ensuring you have communication practices that are inclusive and accessible for people. So we ended up building it, uh, internal tools to support our operations. And I kind of realized, like, why do this for one company when I could do it for thousands of company? And that was really the impetus of range. Um, so I met, um, joined up with uh, Jan, who is um, the people partner at Medium and a former colleague from Google, Braden. And we started Range and uh, just got into it. It's been a pretty exciting roller coaster ride since then. Yeah, absolutely. But it definitely sounds like something that's timely and especially with the um, this disruption, I guess, in the way that people work and in the way people are communicating. And I think a lot of times being able to um, I guess, rewrite the script, so to speak, of, of how things are created and done are so essential and so necessary now because that's where the opportunities come about. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the last year has been super wild, um, but we, we we really see it as having accelerated trends versus creating new trends. So there was already a trend to remote work, to globalization, to more diverse and distributed teams. So these these changes essentially are what make work more complex. Like work is getting more complex is kind of a, um, a cliche now, but that, that's what it means for it to be more complex. And we need different tools to run our organizations. And that's the opportunity. So yeah, remote work and is just one piece of the puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know we were touching on it a little bit. Could you take us through a little bit more on what you're doing at Range, how you serve the clients mm -hmm. that you work with and what exactly that looks like? 
Yeah, so today, um, engineering teams and product development teams use Range to run asynchronous check-ins. And um, what this means is that you share what you're working on, what you've done, but then also like how you're doing. So we integrate with all your tools. So it's really easy, it only takes about five minutes a day. And then we've actually developed features that encourage psychological safety. So it creates this culture of belonging and this foundation, which then leads to um, effective teamwork. So if for, for people who know them, it's a little bit like a virtual stand-up, but um, way better. So for managers um, and teammates, it provides um, kind of a layer of situational awareness, this sort of ambient context that helps you know, you know what's going on in the organization. So you know where to pay attention, where you need to get involved, what's happening. And then that transparency and knowledge um, just makes it much easier to do your job. So that's, that's essentially, um, essentially what we're doing today. And over time, we, we, we imagine integrating into all these different work processes to, to create this intersection of uh, work and humanity that um, is, so, is, so, is so necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something we often zoom past. I, I say so often, like we forget that human aspect of business mm -hmm. and getting the, the opportunity to really, uh, you know, leverage a, a way to synchronize and, and to, to connect all those things is absolutely huge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and especially in today's time, it's just, um, you know, you, you, your cup is half full with or maybe 90% full with all the stress <laughs> of the world. Yeah. Like you, you really need to focus on fundamentals and minimize the stress of work. So being intentional about how you work and how you operate, how information flows um, is, is super critical. Yeah, and it definitely sounds like it, and correct me if I'm wrong, it solves that, um, you know, sometimes the issue with scalability that we kind of talked about in the beginning, where you start to get that bigger company, it starts to become yeah. more complex, messier, it has that exactly. opportunity to kind of help out with that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that was a, a realization that um, for my time at Medium was that as companies get bigger, the default, you know, you have this startup and it feels really organic and agile and it's like super fun, then it get, as it gets bigger, it gets chaotic and difficult. So the default reaction is to bring in order and structure, but then that order and structure mm -hmm. is constraining. So, so how do you um, like control the chaos without having to destroy it and like lose what, what made you special in the first place? And there always seems to be this shifting point where companies hit a scaling point where they, they lose all the, orig the original employees because it no longer feels like that like fun, exciting place to work. And I do think that is, is avoidable. It's just we need new mechanisms for structuring and organizing uh, work. Yeah, so I absolutely believe, uh, appreciate you all, you know, being able to do that. And I think that you you want to be able to, quote unquote, control, but without restricting like that creativity, especially the innovation that happens in those startup worlds. Uh, so to be able to have that balance beam is, is so huge. And I'm, uh, I love that you all created the ability for, for organizations and businesses to be able to do that. So um, I, I wanted to ask you now for what I call your secret sauce, and it could be for yourself personally or your business or a combo of both. But what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? Yeah, I think talking about range is interesting because in, in a world where so much business software is really um, sterile and inhuman, I think, I think we're, we're trying to rethink that. So we have a few defining principles. The first is, as we, as we, we talked, is um, embracing the human side of work. So work isn't just about what you're doing, it's how you're doing it, it's about the relationships. And as any good manager knows, you have to focus on people as well as the, the projects. So range really enforces that intersection. Um, the, the second principle is integrating with existing work habits and tools. So we, we, we're not, there's, there's never going to be one tool to rule them all. And, we, and change management is really challenging. So how do we piggyback on existing habits that organizations already have in order to make uh, change management easier? And the third is focusing on the team. Uh, and what I mean by that is um, historically, when you talked about a team, it was essentially a group of people who report to a manager and it was a, a command structure. When we talk about teams today, it's a network of people who are working towards a common purpose. And team is now the fundamental unit of work. So when we think about the team, what do they need to be successful? It's very different from 
what you what you thought about HR tools 20 years ago. So the team is the unit of work. They have to be autonomous. Um, they have to be uh, have a clear sense of purpose. The team has to be super tight knit, and, and and that is the key. So that's that's like the, what I would say. Our secret sources. So those three principles. Nice. I absolutely appreciate that. And definitely, um, correct me if I'm wrong, it kind of sounds like, you know, obviously with your experience and all the work that you all have been able to do, uh, it's not something, I think sometimes when you have innovations, it completely uh, ignores, you know, what exists, those human activities, human interactions, and and that human resource aspect that you talked about, but to be able to kind of take that, recognize that, but at the same time, create something that is like the sticky paper, it sounds like, and and allows the ability for not it just to be connected, but it for also it to be able to also blossom and grow and expand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we yeah we've done a lot of research into um, you know group dynamics, psychology, organizational psychology, and um, just what it what what people need to be effective and what they need to be a good team. And it's kind of crazy that that's unusual because um, you know if if you're developing a tool, you, it's very easy to develop the tool to a process. So you, you basically automate a process, but you're not thinking about what is the purpose of the process or who are the in, humans involved in the process and what are their needs. Um, and 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 that's what we're doing differently. Yeah, and that's absolutely huge. Again, that, that human aspects is absolutely huge. And I think it's something that a lot of people have, uh, or maybe even believe that it can't be done. But I love, you know, that you all have been able to create that and create that, um, yeah. that humanistic aspect. Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, people don't question that, say, Twitter changes our news consumption, or that Amazon changes our buying behavior. So, but people question that work software can change how we work together. So that so um, Churchill said that we build the buildings, thereafter they build us. So we build the software, thereafter the software builds us. Mm-hmm. So so much, pro- so many processes are facilitated through software now that there's a huge opportunity to design that software in a way that actually encourages the behaviors that make us you know, better colleagues, better at work. Um, and, that's, and that's the lens we're bringing to the, uh, the table. Yeah, and that's absolutely huge. I, I love that quote because, you know, so many times you, 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 it's like, uh, I don't want to say it's the chicken and the egg, but you don't really know, you know, what's influencing what. But I think that yeah. if you pay attention to those human activities, you don't ignore that. That's why I like that you connect with that. You did the research and homework because you're not ignoring what are those principles in order to create something. So many times people create stuff and ignore that and then it doesn't actually work. But that's because you're not paying attention to that human aspect, the basis of yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Awesome. 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 So I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit and I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. And this might be an Apple book or a habit that you have, but what's something yeah. that makes you more effective and efficient? Yeah. I think I've already telegraphed this and I kind of the spoiler, but it's, it's, um, okay. it's a book and it's team of teams. I've recommended it to a lot of people and it's really changed how they think about um, the uh, like teams work together, really shifted their mental model. So team, it was written by General McChrystal who ran um, the joint task force in Iraq and we think of military as being hist- like very command and control, but what he found was like moving to these team team structures and having teams of teams and giving people autonomy and distributed um, decision-making was super critical in order to be agile and fast. So of course we're not fighting wars, but the principles apply to the workplace. And it's a really good way of shifting up how we think about organizational structures and how, how we should organize people at, at scale. I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client or if you happen to a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Yeah, so it's focus on needs. Um, and, and, that, and that is, um, I can apply to everything we do and I, it should really be a mantra because um, it's really easy for humans to fall into these habitual behaviors that we don't, we don't think about why we're doing things. So in the context of product development, you have to really understand your customer needs. Like, why do they need this? Like, what need are we satisfying? And then that helps you figure out what to build. So instead of like, I'm gonna build this feature, it's like, why are we building this feature and what need does it satisfy? When you think about team processes, 
it's really easy to copy practices from other companies like Google, Netflix, all these people, or like GitLab, but without thinking about what need that process serves. And then when you bring it into your organization, it falls flat or causes tension. So again, needs are important there. Like, um, why, what is the need that this performance management process is serving? Why, what need is the Monday meeting fulfilling? Um, and if you focus on needs, then you can actually evolve all these practices much more effectively. Um, another example I like is um, giving critical feedback. Um, what, what does the person need in order to correct the behavior? Often when people give critical feedback, it's really to serve their own needs, which is to get something off their chest. Uh, but sometimes that's not what's gonna help the person change. So really putting your mind in, putting your, yourself in their shoes and what they need to change. So it permeates everything from product development to strategy, to work processes, to giving feedback. So just focus on needs. Um, I, I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. We're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Dan, what does being a CEO mean to you? Yeah, I, I think I'll caveat it with that I'm a startup CEO, not uh, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company or a multinational business. Um, so to me, it means to, to see a change that you want to um, occur in the world and then to bring a team together to uh, realize that vision. Um, so my, the, the main person my job is to, to, to help to find that North Star, but then create an environment where everyone can be, um, where they can do their best work, where they can grow and be fulfilled. Um, so that's what it means to be a CEO. Um, on, the, on the more practical side, it's, it means that um, the buck stops with me. So I have to figure out how to be resilient and how to roll with the punches um, and then help the team navigate the roller coaster. And you know, it's really difficult. One of the hardest things in the early stage company is balancing um, performance and well-being, um, because if you let well-being degrade, the performance will degrade. But at the same time, we need people to be executing and effective because we have such limited resources. Um, so yeah, so I think that's what what it really means to me. And the way that manifests um, a range is that we we really think that work can be better. Um, it can be more inclusive, more engaging, more rewarding. We spend so many hours at work that if we can make work better, then you know it has a huge impact on on the world. Um, uh, so we have this like kind of tagline, work shouldn't feel so much like work. Um, and, and that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. I absolutely love and appreciate that. And I think so many times, I think I read, you know, when I was younger that, you know, how much time you spend at work and, and to really like dislike, you know, what you do is, is one of the, the, you know, one of the worst things that could happen. And I think it's a, it's a bad thing, not just for yourself at work and the people and the products that you're potentially working on, but it's also yeah. something that affects you as a human being. So I, I love that you you yeah. saw that vision of how can we make this better? And you created something in order to make that happen. And, um, you know, you have that tagline, the mantra and the, and the belief in your organization is so huge and something we can definitely remind ourselves of. Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely, a, it's a, at the moment, it's a privilege to be able to work on things that you enjoy and for work to not feel like work. But so I think it's incumbent on all business owners to to make work feel better for people and to make their environment more rewarding so people can feel like they're actually growing. Um, and then I think that the net result of that is that they will be more effective. They'll have better business outcomes because people are more invested in the vision and, um, you know, they more, more, end off being more effective as a result. Yeah, absolutely. And then they perform better. A lot of times when people are doing and, and enjoy what they're doing and what they're working on in, in the environment, they start to perform better. And that gets those quote unquote net results that we're all yeah. you know looking for as well. So Dan, truly appreciate that definition. I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do was pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you and find out about all the awesome things that you're working on. Yeah, of course. Um, it'd be great to plug range. So if you're interested in exploring um, asynchronous check-ins, um, we're happy to offer three months to your listeners. Um, so they can just use I am CEO when going through the upgrade process. Um, you can try premium for free. Um, and then if you, if you want to connect, LinkedIn is great. Um, you can just find me there, P-U-P-I-U-S. Uh, just make sure to add a, 
a description of why you want to chat because I get so many uh, demand gen people and recruiters reaching out that it's hard to filter through. Yeah, absolutely. Leave with intention. That's the most important thing. So uh, we will have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can get a, a hold of you um, and get a copy of all the awesome things that you guys are working on. But definitely appreciate that again, Dan. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase. It's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.